G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. People judge by outward appearance, but God sees things differently than we do. Today, Pastor Greg Laurie urges us to spend more time looking after our character than our couture. God looks beyond the cut of our clothes to the beat of our hearts. We place so much emphasis in our culture today on the way that we look. We spend $16 billion a year on cosmetic surgery. But God looks on the heart, what's going on on the inside. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again, you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. We see the social media posts of certain friends and marvel at how great their life is. Lunch on the beach, sipping a hot chocolate at a ski resort. You know, social media has become a collection of highlight reels because people want to look good. But today, on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out God follows you. No, not on social media, in real life. And he's most impressed by the things that would never show up in a highlight reel. Years ago, when my son Christopher was a little boy, we had this tugboat. It was sort of a bath toy, and then we used it in the pool as well. It was this big tugboat that was basically unsinkable. I would take it to the bottom of the pool and try to hold it down, and it would always pop to the top. So this thing was around for a number of years. And then Christopher got older. And one day I said to him, Christopher, would you like to blow up the tugboat now? He's a boy, so of course his answer was, yes. So we decided, how are we gonna sink this tugboat? So I cut a little hole in the top and I dropped a cherry bomb in it. You know what a cherry bomb is? Okay, I don't know where I got it. I don't know if they're completely legal, but I somehow obtained a cherry bomb. We put it in the middle of the pool. We're very excited. I lit it, I dropped it. It went and it was, this plastic was so thick it hardly made any sound. And then the boat just, slowly sunk to the bottom. I was kind of hoping for more of an explosion, something a little more exciting, but we effectively blew a hole in the hole. So basically, here's the takeaway truth of that. Number one, it's fun to blow stuff up, right? Okay. Number two, if you want to sink something, especially a boat, blow a hole in the hole, right? Okay, so that can happen in our lives spiritually as well. It's often gradual, not necessarily overnight. A little compromise here, a little lowering of the guard there, an allowance for sin somewhere else, and you effectively are blowing a hole in your hole. (laughs) That's kind of a tongue twister, that one. We're starting this brand new series called The House of David. And when you think of David, obviously, two other names come to mind, David and Goliath, and David and Bathsheba, 
And that sort of sums up his life. David was either sailing or sinking. He was either having one of his great moments or one of his low moments. Goliath was his greatest victory. Bathsheba his greatest defeat. But to the credit of David, he was a true believer. And even after he sinned, he always turned back to the Lord again. And that's what we should do as well. David is a study in contrast. In battle, he was fearless. In wisdom and ruling his kingdom, he was without peer. But he wasn't some macho dude. He had a tender heart toward God and was both a poet and a musician. In fact, he's the only man described in the Bible as the man after God's own heart. So how did this all happen? Well, David was not the first king of Israel. He was the second. The first was a guy named Saul. And on paper, Saul looked pretty good. He was handsome. He appeared to be humble. He was tall. He stood out from other men and he started out quite well. But it was only a matter of time before you saw how thin-skinned he was, how paranoid and jealous he could be and how he self-destructed. God gave them a man after their own heart. But then the Lord said, well, it's not working out so well because Saul turned out to be a horrible king. In fact, in 1 Samuel 13, uh, the prophet Samuel said to Saul, you've acted like a fool. You've not kept God's commandments and your kingdom shall not endure. The Lord has sought out for himself a man after his own heart. So we pick up the story now, 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse one. The Lord said to Samuel, you've mourned long enough for Saul. I've rejected him as the king of Israel. Now fill your flask with olive oil and go to Bethlehem. Find a man named Jesse who lives there, for I have selected one of his sons to be my king. Samuel asked, how can I do that? If Saul hears about it, he'll kill me. Now this just shows how wicked Saul was at this moment. He would kill a prophet of the Lord if he heard about this. The Lord replied, take a heifer with you and say that you've come to make a sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you which one of his sons to anoint for me. You know, it, it, one of Jesse's boys, I wonder if Samuel ever thought, I wish he was Jesse's girl. No, you wouldn't have. <laughs> no, one of Jesse's boys. How many of you got that reference, old? Rick Springfield song. I still have his poster on my wall. It's <laughs> never took it down. I don't even know why I put it up. <laughs> One of Jesse's boys. Here's what I find interesting. God doesn't show the prophet who the next king will be. He says, just go to Bethlehem and he's from the house of Jesse. Take away point, God leads us one step at a time. You know, as I look back on my own life, I wish I could tell you that, oh, I had it all planned. Everything that happened was just as I planned it. No, not at all. I just took one step, then I took the next step, then I took the next step. I didn't have a blueprint to follow necessarily, but I found that I needed to be obedient. It's like when the Lord told Philip, go to the desert. He didn't tell him why he should go to the desert. He didn't tell him who he should speak to when he got to the desert. He just said, go to the desert. And to his credit, Philip obeyed. And when Philip arrived in the desert, there he saw the man he was to speak to, a visiting dignitary from Ethiopia, and he took it from there. It comes down to this. God's way becomes plain when we start walking in it. 
Obedience to revealed truth guarantees guidance in matters unrevealed. So I recommend this. Just start where you are. Be obedient to the last thing God told you to do. Start this way. Read your Bible every day. There's a no-brainer. Just start with the Word of God. Here's another one. Have a prayer life. Call out to the Lord. Listen to the Lord. These are disciplines we all should maintain. So start with the obvious and the Lord will show you what to do next. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. Today we're learning some important principles from this introductory study on the life of David. Pastor Greg continues now. So here comes Samuel and uh, he wants to see the sons of Jesse. Jesse proudly parades his seven sons before the visiting prophet. These were healthy, strong, strappy boys, especially Eliab who stood out among the others. They were the magnificent seven. But none of them were the ones that the Lord had chosen. First Samuel 16 verse seven, read with me. When they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height. I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't make decisions the way that you do. And now this very important statement, 1 Samuel 16, 7. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks on a person's thoughts and intentions. Isn't that a great verse? And isn't it true? We do judge by outward appearance. We size a person up. Okay, who is this person? What do I think of this person? But God looks on the inside. Can you imagine if you can actually see a person's heart and really knew what they were thinking? I'm not sure if I would want that ability. I think I would be very disappointed. You know, the person who seems so affirming, so caring, you know, you would see their real heart. That's what Jesus could do. And <laughs> he always knew what people were thinking. He'd call out the Pharisees, why are you thinking this in your heart? They'd think like, how did he know that? Because he was God. God looks on the heart, what's going on on the inside. But we place so much emphasis in our culture today on the way that we look. We spend $16 billion a year on cosmetic surgery. And that's just Newport Beach. That's just <laughs> Beverly Hills is even more. But all that money is spent trying to appear to be something you're not. You know, there was a debate years ago, some of you will remember, if you're quite old, uh, John F. Kennedy debated Richard Nixon. And it was on television and it was on radio. So those that heard it on radio felt Nixon won the debate, but those that watched on television thought Kennedy won the debate. Why do you think that is? Well, look at the two of them. I'm not saying one is more attractive than the other, but I think we all know that one is more attractive than the other. We make decisions based on the attractiveness of our person. We're hardwired that way. And so here is all the sons of Jesse. Lord says, no, 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 seven times no. What happened next for Samuel 16, verse 11? Then Samuel asked, are these all the sons you have? Jesse replies, well, there's still the youngest, but he's out in the field watching the sheep. 
Samuel said, send for him at once. We're not gonna sit down to eat until he arrives. So he sent for him and brought him in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. The Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So David stood there among his brothers. Samuel took the olive oil he had brought and poured it on David's head and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him from that day on and Samuel returned to Ramah. I'll stop there. Don't you love that? Do you have any other sons? Yeah, there's one other. He's out in the field. He's kind of weird. He's a musician. He plays his guitar writes these songs to God, watches a bunch of smelly sheep. I don't even want to acknowledge him. Seems like there was a little embarrassment there. In fact, this phrase in verse 11, there remains the youngest, does not mean that David was younger than the others. It means he was the least in the estimation of his father. It means his father thought less of David than he did of the other sons. You know it's a sad thing when a parent favors one child over another, isn't it? And it happens all the time. We call it favoritism. In, probably in any family you could say, who is mom's favorite? Who is dad's favorite? They'll probably know. My grandchildren have asked me, Papa, who's your favorite grandchild? How do you answer that? In fact, two of them have hijacked my phone and removed their name and replaced it with favorite grandchild. <laughs> the problem, two of them have done it, so now I get a text from favorite grandchild and I don't know what favorite grandchild it is. But uh, we always want to be seen as the favorite and maybe you were the one that was not the favored child. Maybe you have always been the last one picked for the team. I, I remember this very clearly from my childhood. Uh, when they would be putting baseball teams together, I was always the last one picked. Everyone would be picked and I'd be standing there, you know, hey. They'd say, oh, do you want Lori? I don't want Lori. We had Lori last time. I'll take the three-legged dog. Come on, let no. Okay, Lori, you can play first base. I can play first base? No, you will be first base. They're gonna slide into you and hit you with their cleats as we come in, right? So maybe you were the first one picked. Maybe you were the good looking one. Maybe you were the one that was favored, but maybe you weren't. Maybe your parents disappointed you. Maybe your parents walked out on you. They divorced when you were very young and it affected you throughout your life. Of course, I grew up without a mom or a dad. I mean, my mother was there, but she was so distant in many ways. I was the parent in the relationship because of how irresponsible she was because of her drinking and I never had a father. So when I read the story of David, I think, wow, that, that kind of reminds me a little bit of my own story. And I love this statement of David when he writes, when my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will take me up. Know this, those who are often rejected by parents become beloved of the Lord. Even if you didn't have a hands-on earthly father, I want you to know you have a very hands-on heavenly father who loves you and favors you. So put yourself in David's shoes for a moment. It's a day like any other day. He's tending the sheep. And he did a good job. He was a great shepherd. Any predator comes in, he took care of them in short order. And when nothing was going on, he'd start singing to the Lord, 
write a song or two. We also call them Psalms. And all of a sudden someone comes running to him. David, they want you back in the house. David comes running in, bounding into that room, smelling like the sheep he had been keeping company with. God says to the prophet, that's my boy. Anoint him. And they pour the oil on David. And so David was God's choice because God sees things differently than we do. Great insight today from this opening study of the life of David. Pastor Greg Laurie has so much good counsel to come from this series here on A New Beginning. Next time, join us for more about the life and character of David as Pastor Greg brings us more from this kickoff message in our new series. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called The Man After God's Heart. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast, along with more inspiring Christian content. Just search your app store for Vision Christian Media. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 